This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show this evening. We're very happy to have you. Uh, we got three with us tonight. First off, Lee Efens. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Good to hear from you. I am back. Yeah, I've been busy moving all my stuff from one side of the Miami River to the other, <laughs> from Brickell to downtown Miami. Three, three, one, three, two. Doesn't get more Miami than that. You don't know he had to ford the river like an Oregon Trail. It was very precarious there for a while. <laughs> but I have not died of dysentery. This is true. No dysentery for Lee. Uh, and secondly, Franco Caliz. Franco, how you doing, pal? Franco? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, you with us? Did yeah, we- sorry. The, the dysentery was kicking in, so I had to, <laughs> had to make a run. Good save. Very good save. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Definitely doing better than Inter-Miami. That's all I can say. This is true. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're also probably doing better than Inter Miami. We'll dive into that in a little bit because there's a whole uh, a whole morass uh, that we need to kind of cut through. Uh, but we will start with Inter Miami. Uh, I'm sorry, we will start with Miami FC. Uh, the Miami FC, um, USL, they've perched themselves pretty comfortably in a second uh, spot in the Eastern Conference behind Tampa Bay Rowdies, of course, who they faced off against. Uh, But after a pretty rough and tumble last year, uh, they appear to kind of settle into themselves a little bit more, and they've been been getting some halfway decent results. Lee, you've been been among the chosen few who have been able to go out to Ricardo Silva Stadium because of the the health and safety protocols. What are you seeing from the club? Um, Sorry. Well, I I, I don't know what to say. It's stuck in my throat. The mad... (laughs) The magic has come back a little bit. And I think that that's down to a number of things. I think that I think that bringing in some new coaching staff, in particular, um, you know, the addition of um, Paul's new assistant, Jed, I think he's brought some interesting tactical ideas and some interesting ways to tackle the USL into the club. So I think that as much as players have joined, Paul's made a good decision in bringing Jed on board. And uh, we'll maybe go into that in depth some of the time. Um, but I think the balance of the squad is a little bit better. I think that um, this is a better squad for the USL. We know that we jumped into the USL from Nisa, and you know we can talk about why we did that, but it happened, and it was a quick move, and we, we were caught a little bit unawares. But now these players have been around the block in the USL, the experienced players have, and they've got some exciting and talent. The blend is right. And I think that's what's changed. What's changed, really, Matt? That there's a there's a good mixture now between youth and experience, between grit and determination and ability, between flair and getting the job done. So yeah, it's um it's been pretty positive. And you know, you look at three wins, two losses. I would have taken that at the start of the season. Um, you know, it was disappointing to lose in Tampa. I don't think we deserve to lose that game. Uh, it was disappointing to lose at home against Hartford, but they learned from these things and, you know, it's um, it's going in the right direction and it's getting better every game. Yeah. The, the most recent match against Charlotte, um, it was, it was quite an interesting match. Miami really had the better of it the whole way. And then they, uh, they give up just an absolute peach of a goal um, really kind of against the run of play, but it was an absolute beauty and to be able to, to, to kind of dig back in and, and get a result from that. I thought it was very impressive. It showed, uh, to borrow a Brendan Rogers saying great character, um, <laughs> uh, among the club. Um, like it really, it, it stood out to me like, Oh, okay. This is a really Miami FC for all the success they have had. They have never really been a comeback club. They are front runners. They get an early lead and they build on it. And then that's the game. And if they stick in it too long, it sometimes goes against them. This was actually a new, almost a new trick that they're pulling out of that bag. And I thought that was really encouraging. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that comes a little bit from, from the experience as well. We did make it a bit easy for teams last season. And that has gone away a little bit. You know, teams have got to really graft against us now. I mean, at the beginning of last season, teams would just turn up, 
get a couple of quick fire goals, and that was it. The gate we were already chasing the game. You're right, Matt. But now everyone knows what they're doing. If I've moved up to watch the games from the stands a little bit more, and the organization in the team has gone up like a little tick. It's um, it's be yeah, it's be very good to watch. And the, the most thing, the most important thing is, is they're into entertaining games to watch now. You know, we had a period before where we would go into the games, like in the MPSL, for example, knowing we're going to win the game. To me, that's not enjoyable. And then last season in um, the US, so we went into games a lot of the time, knowing really that we were going to get a hiding. That's also not enjoyable. But this season, I go into games, I'm like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. They're too close to call. And as a fan, that's what you want, really. You don't want either to be dishing out pastings the whole time or to be on the other end of it. And we've, you know, they've been competitive games. Every single goal, every single game we've been involved in has been a one-goal game. 2-1-1-0-1-0-2-1-2-1. I think that shows that we've, we, we're getting used to this level now again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. You know, even, you know, we lost to the Rowdies, but it was still a fun game to watch. It was a Florida derby, you know, the, it was a, a great occasion to see fans there and everything. And every game that rolls around now, I'm excited to watch it. I think that's a good thing. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, you know, and, and especially when you're talking about Tampa Bay, you know, uh, for better or worse from our perspective across the state, they're the class of USL right now. You know, they mm-hmm. they the spectacular season last year, a well-established club. Uh, and, and you're 1-1 with them most of the way. You know, Billy Forbes gets to go in the 37th minute, and that's a that's a close game. Probably a, a, a fair victory for Tampa Bay. Like you said, you know, it, it, if a team was going to get three points, I think it was fair that it was Tampa. It could have very easily been a draw. I think that would have been deserved too. But um, but yeah, you 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 look at where Miami FC is, and I think a lot of us coming into the USL uh promotion or whatever you want it's not promotion but you know what i mean coming into the usl last year we're expecting a miami fc that was going to come right out of the gate and start punching and we've seen over and over again in american soccer and i arguably you could see it 35 miles up the up the highway um what 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 appears on paper and what actually manifests on the field are two very different things and that's especially true in american soccer where there is a definitive uh whether you want to call it American or CONCACAF, there's a different style of play that oftentimes players have to adjust to. And it doesn't matter what your skill level is. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And oftentimes I feel that teams sometimes have to get accustomed to the rough and tumble a little bit. And I think that was one of the problems for Miami FC last year is thinking they were going to come up to USL and really it was returning to their rightful place. And no, you, you got to get punched in the face a little bit. Everyone ha- has to go into the barrel a little bit. And um, and they had their time. And, and as you said, Lee, I think that there is a, a much greater focus on organization, compactness, uh, much stronger play at the back than we saw last year. Um, and, and so far, it's been paying dividends. And, and I think as well, Matt, I want to choose my words a little carefully because I really don't want to disrespect anyone who was playing for the club last season. But I think Ariel coming back has been a big part of it. Yeah, there's absolutely. a little bit more of there's a bit more of a pride in pulling on that jersey now. I didn't necessarily feel that was always the case last season. And I'm not saying that that's the fault of the players. I just think that there was maybe no one in the locker room to say, you know, I know there's no fans here. You know, I know that in global terms, this is a young club and we still are a young club. But Ariel coming back and you can see it in that Tampa game, you know, not arguing with the ref, but, you know, fulfilling that captain's role to the ref and like trying to, drag the team through. And some of the characters that have come in, again, being at the stadium, Connor Sparrow is an exceptional goalkeeper, yes. particularly for this level. And that communication has come back. Um, you know, at the back, you know, you can always hear um, Paco Craig and now Callum Chapman Page is back. Those two are always talking to each other. Um, there's, there's a little bit more of a, a pride in pulling on that jersey rather than maybe just picking up a paycheck. And, and I think that's a good thing. And I see smiles on faces. And at half time when players are sort of like warming up and before the game, I see players laughing and joking. You see it on the social media, on Instagram and, and Twitter. There's, there seems to be a genuine bond between the players. But I think Ariel is probably a big part of that. I think he's, it was important to bring him back. And he's, he's brought a little bit of pride back in that Miami FC badge for me. 
Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, and and coming at this again from the, the the most fair perspective, I think can can come from. I think anyone trying to get through last year for all the challenges that it presented uh, it was a challenge, you know, and particularly with the disruption that the club experienced. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, now that they 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 have a familiar face. Uh, leading the charge they have uh, you know a rhythm you know the natural rhythm that players have to you know deal with normally in in non-pandemic circumstances you know weekly games not having stuff canceled all the time all that stuff it helps and there's no doubt that a club that historically had run so smoothly you, you need that rhythm to really click and and like you said um sparrow has been a revelation i feel um and, 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 and the whole back has generally done a pretty darn good job, I would say. And, and I think it's for them as they head into, you know, the USL schedule is not uh, interrupted by the international schedule, which we'll talk more about that in a second, but uh, they do have a game against uh, Rio Grande Valley, right? Am I remembering correctly? You are absolutely correct. That is 6.30. So. Um, it was 7.30. They've moved it forward an hour. Um, so just, uh, you know, tune in at 6.30, otherwise you'll miss the first half. Yes. So, uh, uh, Rio Grande Valley, Valley Toros, uh, they will be missing Othello Ba, correct? For the call up or will he be, uh, well, this is, this is interesting because we now have multiple international players. So, uh, all the Jamaican lads are off as well. So Speedy Williams. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Yes. And I think, I think, I think all the, no, not all the Jamaicans, just Sean Lamar and Speedy Williams got called up. I think we will still have Sam McFarlane. Um, so yeah, we lose Othello Bar as well to internationals, and Billy Forbes will also be on international duty with the Turks and Caicos Islands. Wow, but that's what you have the depth in the squad for. Yes. Um, with with no Othello Bar, you have Janos Lerber, you know Luca Antonelli is at the club, and I think he's probably building up to full match fitness. Um, you know, so there's there's players to put in these positions. Um, Nigel Reed will be able to come in. He hasn't been called up for Canada. It gives him a chance. Um, but yeah, it will. He's, Paul Dalglish is going to be forced into a few changes. But again, I think that we've, we were maybe expecting that. And, you know, we've still got players in there who are more than capable of doing the job. Bolu Akinyode has been brilliant in the centre of midfield. He could do a little bit of everything. He can do a little bit of the defensive work, but he's got the feet, the technique as well. To, you know, to start plays. Junior Palacios has come in and done really well. Uh, you know, Roseboom can come back into the team. It's, um, you know, it's it's not a big deal that these players are going. I mean, I'd rather have them around, but yeah. um, but 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 you know, it's um, it's it's something that we can deal with. But it will be tough against Rio Grande. I mean, they started uh, they started strong, three wins, and then have tailed off. Now it's a long way for them to come, but you know, that will be a close game. So I, I just wanted to say two things, which is one, uh, I take Sparrow over at Inter Miami tomorrow. If given the opportunity on that, um, you can't we, fucking have him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but actually, I wanted to know two things here: Are the Rowdies the best team in the league? I mean, they're undefeated so far. They seem to be doing better than everybody else by by a pretty clear margin. If so, you know, the fact that the game was close should be pretty encouraging to. To, to you and to, to fans of Miami FC. And then the other question I think I have is any predictions for the Toros or top of their division as well. Um, so any, any thoughts on what, what that might look like given the changes that are coming in? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I can't say that Tampa aren't the best team in the division or the league. They are the best team in the league. So you're right. You're absolutely right, Franco. Matching them, which we did, we matched them and lost a game and that happens then that, that is hugely encouraging. And then when you look at what we have to do to get into the playoffs, to get into the playoffs, I think we have to finish in the top four of the Atlantic division. That's four out of eight. And we really, I think we're easily going to do that. So, you know, on that side of things that we're looking quite hopeful. This Rio Grande Valley, I hear a lot of people now saying that the West Conference isn't as strong as the Eastern Conference. So I think we'll find that out on Saturday, if that's true. If Rio Grande Valley come in and do as well, some of these other teams like Hartford have, uh, like like uh, when, when it was the Rowdies, how well they did, like Charlotte Independence came and gave us a good game. This will be the acid test of, you know, that argument. I've heard a couple of people say, and I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, that the Western Conference is a, a little weaker than the Eastern Conference. I'm sure they would like that out West, but it's been said, <laughs> not by me. 
Yeah, I think it'll be a good measuring uh, stick game. You know, this Rio Grande Valley team got one of the uh, early coveted uh, national broadcast spots. I believe in their opening game, they were on ESPN2. So this has been a team that that has gotten some some TLC from the home office, uh, the USL. So, um, you know, it's a Western Conference team, one that has been been able to, to put up uh, when, when they've, uh, you know, when, they, when the spotlight's been on them, uh, it, it'll be a good, a good measuring stick barometer comparing East versus West. So the Miami FC, as we mentioned, they will take on, uh, the Toros of the Rio Grande Valley RGV, um, this weekend, again, as we mentioned, not interrupted by the international calendar, a six thirty Eastern kickoff. Um, so, uh, be ready for that on ESPN plus, um, it'll be from uh, FIU Stadium, but uh, if you're wanting to watch it, you either uh, sneak in Lee Ethan's backpack or you uh, you get your friend's ESPN Plus subscription or get your own. Um, but that'll be that'll be a really good one. So, or if uh, you're a parent, let's be honest, man. If you're a parent, you got the ESPN, Disney, and Hulu bundle, and you're oh, just, for sure. you're, you're set at that point. Absolutely, yeah. The 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 kiddies can watch Corella, and you can watch uh, Miami FC. Uh, now, uh, we, we start with the good news. Uh, let's, let's go, let's go to the other side of the coin here. Let's talk about inner Miami. Uh, frankly, still you, good news, depending on your point of view. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you're DC United, it's good news. Uh, so Franco, you were at that game, uh, last weekend, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, before we dive into the nuts and bolts of it, I want, I want to talk about the experience, both in terms of the on the field product and kind of the. The environment. It was uh, a, f- uh, 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 a full. It was open gates, right? If if there were tickets to be had, they could be had, and fans could go. Um, what was that like, and how did that contribute to kind of the experience as the game went on? It's actually kind of hard to say um, because the team was so flat. Right, the crowd sort of started off pretty hot and and was into it, and just. It was it was a, a morale draining and sapping experience, I think, for folks who were there. Um, and, and I think it really came down to the fact that it's almost the opposite of what Lee was talking about. Right. He, he's talking about there's a little bit more pride in playing for the shirt. It, it feels the opposite for for what you see on the field with Inter Miami. Um, I'll be honest, this is the first time I think in my life where I have left a game early. Um, and it was it was just. I have never paid for a product because um, right, like we're, we're fans. We don't think of it as a product or whatever, but I've never before paid to go to a match and felt like the team was not giving it their all. Um, and I think that was, that was just something that I heard from the fans behind me. The guy in front of me was hat was booing them at times, right? Like I, it, the crowd wants a good product. They want to get behind this team and it just feels like, because they have failed to build deep bonds with the fans and because they are then also putting out some a team that isn't playing to its maximum capacity um you know it's it's sort of a killer blow for the morale for folks who are going to that stadium the fans and the actual fan supporter groups by the way in full voice 90 minutes i I don't know where they found the energy for i think some of them need (laughs) to suit up for the team because it was impressive it really was impressive it was it was um it, it gave life to an otherwise pretty terrible performance um, and, and really hats off to the supporters section for, for the way that they showed up for their almost uh, it's interesting. Cause I've been to a couple of MLS games for other teams. Um, I, I mentioned, I, I went to a lot of Rapids games when I lived in Denver, et cetera. And I don't, it, this is the most South American and it's appropriate, right? It's the yeah. most South American sort of feel of any stadium. It, it, if you've seen the Argentinian games where they've got the, like the banners going down all the way to the front, people jumping up and down on them, the singing happening. Like that is the impact. That is what you see. That is what you feel when you're in the stadium. Um, and then, you know, sure that you've got folks in, in, in other areas who maybe aren't as into it, but honestly, people were picking up on the rhythm of that supporter section and clapping going along with it. Parking, which was a huge problem for the first couple of games has been, actually went really, really smoothly this time. Um so we're seeing some improvements and I think on, on that end of things um, and the actual like experience of being in the stadium is, is okay. It's just, 
it's tough when what you're watching is just so bad. Yeah. It's such a weird game. It was such a weird game because when you look at the numbers, um, it doesn't look like what happened should have happened where you had roughly the same number of shots. CC and I did have three more shots, but same number of shots on target. Inter Miami had more possession. Inter Miami made more passes. They were more accurate with their passes, fewer fouls, everything you would want more corners, everything you would want in the stat box. They got it. But then you watch it, you watch the game and you see it and it just looks like, and I feel like the, the word that I'm coming back to now within Miami in like all aspects, it seems like the key word is waiting. Like you're waiting for, okay, we've got, we filled up the stat box. Let's, the, the goal should be coming. We're waiting for the goal. You know, you're, you're waiting for the, uh, the next piece to come in to, to kind of get things going. Like everything's a matter of like, waiting, waiting on the stadium in Miami, waiting on this, waiting on that. It's like everything is just over the hill, but the hill keeps moving. And it's it's very frustrating. Again, like you said, um, it was an uninspired performance. And and they had had, they're, they're very feast or famine. They're very hit and miss where they have some performances. You know, the, the comeback against um, Cincinnati, that was inspired. Pretty damn good draw against uh, Atlanta. Um, you know, the comeback against, uh, not the comeback, but g- getting the three points from Philadelphia. They've been able to do it, but man, when they don't do it, it stinks. And, and that's really the only way to put it. When, when they're playing and it's working, they can win. But when it's not working, it stinks. Uh, you know, I, I think that something happened because I, I feel like the results in the play was pretty good probably through early May, I think that Montreal loss, which was bad, right? They were clearly the second best team that night, had a, had a real effect on this team. Um, yeah, you've sell, you, you had the comeback afterwards with Cincinnati. Frankly, they shouldn't have been in that position against Cincinnati, yeah, given the yeah. way that the game was, being, was, was going. Um, and then you just, you've seen a total drop-off in performance since then. Um, but I, I, I just think it comes back to Montreal for whatever reason, seems to have been a real... Um, turning point for this team on, on the negative side. You know, the, the game against Chicago was drab and uninspired. Um, this, like I said, this game against DC United was brutal. Um, and, and I keep coming back to, you know, the, the first couple of games, I think we, we, I really picked on the goalkeeper situation that they had Marsman coming in um, later this month, maybe, or in a month or so um, should help. Um but at the moment, McCarthy just inspires absolutely no confidence. You've got a back line that doesn't seem to know what they're doing most of the time. And we talked about how at first they were two advances last game. There just seemed to be no communication whatsoever amongst the back line. Shaw cross, sort of a slower player, um, great in the air, doesn't really take command of the box yet. Figal is a yellow card waiting to be a red card every other match, right? Jones was lost for most of the, of the, of the, of the match this time around. Um, It's, it's, it's really bad when friends are like praying and begging for Breck Shea to come on at this stage in his career to be the thing that turns the match around. Right. Um, The sub for, for Jay Chapman, I think was actually one of the better uh, moves Phil Neville made. But it, it seems to me like he is unsure of what his best team is uh, at the back. And then I, he, I don't think he knows what to do with Federico Iwain either, you know. Um, yeah. and, and I think I said this in the beginning, but I'll say it again. I don't know that Gonzalo Iwain makes sense in this league. I don't think this is the sort of style and the sort of league where his style and the way that he approaches matches fits with what what is what this what the play is here you know oh i get to jump in here because i agree completely with franco i think that that transfer doesn't make sense on any level at all when you i mean if you strike out in fc cincinnati who it looks like they are a truly dreadful team inter miami have the worst defense in the whole of the mls now if you can't even get your bread and butter right of defending you've got no platform to build on going forward so what sense is there in spoofing all this money on a superstar striker if you can't defend? Should have built it on, built a backup, you know? You, you can find players anywhere who will score goals in MLS. 
you've got to fix that defense for me. And fixing the defense is uh, paramount and now almost impossible uh, because of the other shoe to drop this week, which is the, uh, the, the sanctions that the club uh, took on for basically having five designated players in a period of time where they were supposed to have three. Um, Andres Reyes and Blasma Tweedy uh, were both DP slot players, or were not DTP slot players, but were supposed to be. And the penalties that the club incurred, and I want to run through each one of them according to the MLS statement. A can, team- I, can I just, the killer here for me, Matt, is this. How do you have, in effect, five DPs and get your ass handed to you by Nashville in the playoffs? Like, it just doesn't, like, from a borderline yeah. say, well, like, piece, it doesn't make sense to me. It's going to be a lifetime of fodder for uh, Orlando and Atlanta in terms of poking funded into Miami. That's it. And we'll talk more about the long term effects, but I want to run through each of the penalties here. First off, $2 million cash. Um, second off, Paul McDonough, who had been released by the club, and, and now I think we have a better idea of why he may have been released by the club um, last year, kind of unexpectedly, um, is suspended from MLS for a year. Basically, he, he gets uh, the death penalty from MLS for a year. Um, and, and got fired now from Atlanta as well. Yes, released from Atlanta uh, because of the penalty. Um, you know, you, know you, you can't ban me from the league. I uh, mutually agree to part ways. Um, Jorge Mas, owner, basically responsible for overseeing uh, transactions, fined $250,000 personally. And really what is the, the headline um, that really will impact the club? A reduction of allocation dollars for two, 2022 next year and the year after of $2.27 million. So what we have here is a situation where a player – Two players, but but really the, the headline here is is Matuidi, who has brought a name, but his performance on the field has been not up to his standard. I would say, um, triggering a penalty in which Inter Miami will find it very difficult to bring in any players over the next two years. Um, this is kind of a worst case scenario, uh, and. Yeah, Franco Lee, I, I I think it's going to be hard times for Inter Miami this year and next year at minimum. I, I don't see how the club really digs out of this in the short term. I think it's great. Maybe they'll focus on getting that stadium in Miami. You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, like, look, joking aside, you basically have a salary cap of $19 million. You got $2.2 million of that. That's off the books now. You can't utilize that going forward. That's roughly 12% of Miami's budget uh, cap for, or salary budget for that time, right? Um, let's talk about what it, what this, what that means for, for this team. Is Matweedy going to be here for the, for the end of this, right? Like the guy's 34 already. He's going to be 36 by the time these penalties are, are done. So his salary will probably be off the books towards the tail end of this. Um, I can't imagine Gonzalo Higuain survives the full time here at this point. It's been a, it's been a pretty bad flop. So unless it's because he, it's the only place that's going to pay him this kind of money, right? Uh, frankly, like, look, I like Higuain. He's a, he is an exciting player in live because when that man gets the ball, you can assume a howitzer is going to come and it's going to either behead a fan or going to go in the back of the net, <laughs> right? Like, it could it's it's if you're in that section, you should probably just duck. Um, wear a helmet. Yeah, but I, I will say he seems out of shape, right? He's he's too slow for this league. S- send this man to, to Argentina, right? Like send him to Argentina, let him have a farewell tour in his native country and, and get that money off the off the books. I don't know how you improve this team at this point. Your your scouting has to be top notch, and we have not seen any real signs of that. Um and it's a shame for players like Lewis Morgan, who I feel like is is out there busting his hump every time I was on that side of the pitch um this last game you could see him making the runs you could see him trying to find the spaces you don't have anybody to pass it to him and then yeah. when when and it's part of the thing you were talking about was possession earlier this is a team that in the initial games we saw a lot of possession but not a whole lot of like actual usage of the ball right yeah that's what happened this whole second half I think it's what's going to happen going forward 
they're going to fall behind and then they don't really have the capacity to break teams down. It's brutal. How do you improve that when you don't have a salary cap? How do you do that when you have a manager who seems to not really know what his best 11 is now, let alone what he's going to have to do going forward? I, I, it's going to be tough sledding for a while. Look, I, one of the things that I knew going into to this season and for frankly last season is I don't expect much from, from expansion franchises, right? Like, let's be honest, the Heat sucked right in the early 90s yeah like these teams they're just they're not great usually but i think what you expect is okay we're not going to be great don't promise me the flash promise me some 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 hard-working folks you can get some folks who are going to run through run every blade of, of grass every match and play for that shirt for cheaper prices than some of these guys who are, who are in right now and honestly as a fan given the circumstances right now that's probably all you can really ask for right People who actually look like they give a damn about the club and who want to to be there and and try to improve every day didn't see that last couple of matches. Well, yeah, you know, I think you hit right on the head. The problem here, and and it's something uh, our friend Lee has said repeatedly, and and I've said too, which is the the problems of Inter Miami have almost exclusively been made by Inter Miami. And what by, what my Inter Miami has said they are going to do, and at this there's at this point there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to go. You've got to go on the pitch every week. You know, not this weekend because of the international schedule, but you, you you've got to go and appear in these games. And ultimately, you can't sugarcoat or razzle dazzle your way out of it. And this is going to be a real problem going forward, like a a structural problem if the club is unable to, to, to repair itself and bring in players compared to the other teams in the league. Like it's, it's kind of the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. I, look, I I think, oh, go ahead. Lee. Go ahead. Yeah. No, cause I, I think you're both right. And I think that someone in the in Miami organization needs to fucking stand up and just tell the supporters the truth once and just say, this has happened. What we're going to do with, to make the best of this situation is you're not going to see us. You're not going to see a big name in this team, like Franco says. We're going to go out and sign the 26 best players we can to do the job, the best they can for this football club. Not who's going to put bums in seats. Not who's going to sell jerseys. Who are the players who are going to come in in these circumstances? And you say to the fans, "Look, we're in a situation. This is how we're going to handle it. You're not going to. You're not going to get. You're not going to get Falcao in the back of your jersey." but we're going to give you a young, hungry team who we're going to fight on every blade of grass for this football club. And if you join us, we'll start building something. Someone needs to do that. My second point, and I don't like Don Garber, I think you guys have been unlucky with the severity of the punishment. Don Garber has been waiting to swing his dick around the MLS like this for years. I can promise you. And he's made an example of you. And I don't think that's particularly fair. But I think you turn this negative into a positive. We're going to bring in the hungry young players who are going to prove this whole league wrong and turn this whole thing around. And that's how you do it. But Lee, the problem with that is, I mean, at least for me, a player that I was very excited to watch, a 20-year-old player when he was on the field making 15 appearances last year, Matias Pellegrini, he's the one that gets the ax when they need to make the room for the DPs. Like that was, that was a guy where it was like, Hey, this is, I, I, when they brought him in with the, 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 the youth DP designation, I was like, Oh, this is like cool. Like, okay, they're they're going off the board a little bit here. And I thought he did fine for a younger player last year. Wasn't the best player on the pitch, but you know he's twenty. You know, and he's the first one to go. And so it's like, what's that? That clearly isn't what they want to do. But what they want to do, they can't do because they fudged up when they wanted to do it the first time. And you're absolutely right. I would agree with you, Lee. That I, if I'm put, putting Don Garber's shoes on here for a second. This ownership group has yanked me around, jerked me around here, there, and everywhere on a variety of different issues, building the stadium here, building the stadium there, doing it that way. David Beckham basically using the 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 half-off coupon to get into ownership that was negotiated. But, like, you know, I'm sure uh, Gar- Garber wasn't happy to give up the quarter-billion-dollar fee that would normally come in with the other expansion clubs. Yeah, when you're in Miami, you're going to have a target on your back. That's the way it works. And so guess what you don't do in your first year when literally everyone 
when that signing, when the Matuidi signing came in, everyone was like, what? That's not possible. How did, how did that happen? Oh, well, they did it. Great. I had that question. Like, wait a minute. He's not going to be a designated player. And then, oh, duh. And we're going to look at the books and see, well, guess what? Y'all can't do math. That's a problem. That's a basic fundamental problem. And, and yeah, you open yourself up for it. And now no one else in the league is going to do this again. And they get to, yeah, again, pull in the Miami uh, chip, one. Two, let everyone else in the league know to not fudge around with these numbers. And three, um, you know, humble Jorge Mas, humble David Beckham all those people, it's a win-win-win for the league office and you let it happen. You, 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 you know, it's the old Jimmy Johnson quote, barring from American football. You can't put it in the referee's hands. You can't put it in the hands of the league management because they're, they're going to take a shot at you. And it was deserved. No one can complain. I, I, you know, as much as you say it was, it was unfair. It's on them. They, they messed up and it's, it's time to pay, pay the piper. Yeah, the, if you the swear left. occasionally, Matt, you'll feel better like I do. Just I, I know having just, having the young that's child. The closest I've, that's the closest I've seen you come to swearing on a podcast. Having the young child. Well, no, you I, the, the Super League conversation, I blew up on that one. Oh, that's uh, true. But yeah, having yeah, the young was, child, I've conditioned that, myself to say fudge a lot more than I normally would. Yeah, that Super League thing was a lot of shit. Uh, so Fucking I would annoying. just say, um, look, I think, I think your team needs to build around Morgan Cavanza and Robbie Robinson. You know, what you do aside from that over the next coming years, good luck. You've got, you've got a lot of dead weight. You've got a lot of people in their 29s, 30s, late 30s on this team. Thankfully, a lot of them on short contracts. But, yeah, I think Lee's right. You build around the academy. Build around young players. Build around the hardworking folks. At some point, towards the tail end of this, bring in a, a DP who, who, uh, who, can, who can see where the club is going. But I, I just, you don't, you know, even if you look today, I was looking earlier today as I was preparing for the podcast, because Yessi, I, even though listeners will, will I, I'm assume, uh, think that I, that I don't do any research whatsoever. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you Google, there's a lot of reports about how uh, Lionel Messi to enter Miami is part of a proposed Barcelona contract and all this other stuff. I don't want 47-year-old Messi playing, you know, like, I don't, I don't need like this gruntled end of his career messy out here i want someone who i'd much rather have someone who's going to be up and coming look being looked at by scouts across europe because frankly we're going to get a better product in the end from those folks the the success stories of, of older european players coming to the states very very rarely do they work out in mls and i and and most of the league has moved beyond that i think we're we're still stuck on that here in miami um so We'll see, but but yeah, I, I think Lee and, and, and you are both right, Matt. Uh, we get we gave MLS the reason to to bring us to 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 bring us into the the principal's office, and we we made sure we paid the full amount for for the franchise in the end with the the fines that. that <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get that money back by hook or crook. No, one way or the other, that that money's gonna come back into the league with interest. With interest. <laughs> so we have. Uh, a pause in us i'm sorry in mls there are no no inter miami game this week we do have the international schedule picking up um with uh, i think there's us friendly going on tonight there's you know um things kicking off in advance of some of the continental competitions um you know copa america is happening i don't know where they say brazil will we'll check in a week and see it'll move to you know can we that- talk can, we, can i just say one thing really quickly on this sure i love this they, they went out of Colombia because Colombia was having riots. Guess what Brazil's have been having for a while, right? They leave Argentina because of COVID vaccinations not being high enough. Have they seen why people are rioting in Brazil? Like, I just, I don't understand the logic that, that Conmebol or FIFA ever use. It's amazing. It's astounding. That's all. all, all I just wanted to mention the, that because I, I'm still trying to wrap my brains around that. One of the more soccer federation-y uh, moves I've ever heard in my whole life with like, it d- not only, it, it, it not only defies logic, it goes in the exact opposite direction of logic. Um, yeah, that was, that's interesting. Interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, you wrap up the, the club calendar. It's done for the year. Blue is the color. Chelsea is the name. So congratulations to. Please, please stop. Hey, I'm not happy about it either. All right. Look, we're, we're, um, 
Yeah, well, I guess won. I'm I'm happier. I was I'm say, happier you City win? City had won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was um, man. I I want to do a whole show one time about Pep Guardiola in cup competition because he is an interesting figure who just seems to screw himself into the ground. Um, yeah, I don't get it, Lee. You have any theories about what Pep does in cup finals? Uh, he overthought it, didn't he? It's just he just he, he can't help himself. It's like you, you know when you when you you know you're on a long bus ride or train ride or something like that or a long ride at the turnpike to Orlando, and your mind is just going, well, what, what if I what if I play eight false nines? Like you know, it's just like just the thing, he had a he had a better team on paper than Chelsea, and he threw it away like just by overthinking it. Just send your best eleven players out, cup final, GM up, beat these lads. Easy, yeah. I could have done it. What I'm saying is. I'm a better manager in the cups than Pep Guardiola because I'm unbeaten. <laughs> Never lost, undefeated. Um, I, I yeah. love the fact that the guy, this is this is Coke with new Coke. This is Amazon with the fire phone. You know, you have something that's working really, really well. And then you go, nah, let's try something different. And it fails epically. I, but the, the problem is you can name the problem, the, the, the occasional lapses in judgment from these companies. Pep, it's season on season where he just, he outsmarts himself and does, instead of going with the thing that has gotten him to the final or to the semifinals, just does the dumbest possible thing. I, I If I were one of the holding midfielders for, for City today, I don't, I, I'd be looking for, for the exits because you know you're never going to be trusted again uh, for, for a big match. Just so stupid, so stupid. And now he's fighting with Aguero just for good measure. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting. Like it's this one... You know, I guess, you know, you sometimes see that with, I mean, bringing it to a sport that probably no one cares about here, but um, in baseball as an Orioles fan, um, Earl Weaver is considered one of the greatest managers of all time. He has a losing record in World Series. And it's just like he gets to the big show and just overthought everything and made things much more complicated when he usually had a better team. Um, and it's like, yeah, sometimes you just got, it's, it's Jim's versus Joe's. Like just put your guys out there and let them, let them do their thing. But I'm sure he'll be consoled by yet another premier league. If we have uh, any baseball fans listening to this under the age of 35, I would like to have a conversation with you at F Calise on Twitter. I have so many questions. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Um, Is there a team called the Oreos? That sounds like a great team. Oh my God. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. And I will, I will not have the, (laughs) the beautiful Baltimore Oriole disrespected. By you, gentlemen. Oh, Orioles! Um, oh, I thought you said Oreos. <laughs> no, not the not the cookie. It's a bird. That's yeah. that's what I think my mother and father in law heard the first time I was talking about them. We're double home. stuffed with the yeah. Oreos. Yes. Um, so, uh, anything else, gentlemen, to cover? I think I think we covered our bases here. Um, Lee, you usually have something that I'm forgetting, so I'll go to you first. Himishi FC. Shout out to the boys at Himishi. Um, they have quite oh, a yeah. big game coming up on Saturday. Um, and the, I, their pride it, kit is fire, by the way. That's actually a good point. Their 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 kit for Pride Month is fantastic. Matt is stealing my material again because I was going to go on to that afterwards. Sorry, but yeah. Um, <laughs> no, him and she have a big game kicking off at five p.m. Um, I'll search up the details, and I'm the Instagram dude, so I'll make sure it gets up on the Instagram. They have a big game coming up. Um, those guys are doing a great job, and Matt, as he rightly points out. They've come out with quite a nice pride kit. I'm unsure if they're selling it or if it's something that the uh, team are going to wear, but um, it's been it's been well done. Um, you know, not for the sake of it. You know, those guys do their design quite well. So yeah, yes. Um, shout out to him or she. Uh, WPSL is back in action now, and it's interesting because now we have FC Surge Sunrise Prime up in uh, in, in the other northern county. Um, and also Miami United. We call that north that, of the wall. North of the wall. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we're, we're closing in on that FC Surge versus Miami United um, WPSL game. WPSL is a Women's Premier Soccer League, Division Two Women's Club Soccer. Yes. And it's the first season for Miami United. And I'll tell you what, that's going to be some players have gone over from FC Surge to Miami United. Because I've been keeping up with the player announcements and some players have stayed loyal to FC Surge. That game is Saturday the 19th of June um, at 5 p.m. It's a home game for Miami United. It's at Mylander Park in Hialeah. <laughs> so um, I'll keep reminding people about it. But if you ever want to go and check out some women's soccer, there's going to be no love lost in that game. So um, it's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I'll make sure I keep reminding you about it. Only 
one game each so far for those two teams. FC Surge, three one winners um, over Florida Gulf Coast Dutch Lions FC, which is a ridiculously long club name. <laughs> and and um, Miami United, um, they got a win um, against uh, Sunrise Prime. So, uh, yeah, winning start for the two Bay County teams, Surge and United. Um, Boca Blaster in there as well so we do go all the way up that high so uh, yeah keep an eye on that on that division and try and get out to one of those games if you can they will admit you as a fan just uh, be safe yeah that should be two of the uh, longest established names in South Florida soccer uh, at this mm-hmm. juncture Miami United restarting their their women's team and joining joining that league and, and FC Surge have been they, I mean they they're they're the the vanguard they've they've been here really the longest of anyone um so that should be particularly interesting uh frank i'm not gonna i'm not, I'm not gonna say bad blood but there's gonna be points to prove in that game i'll i'll build up to it i'll, I'll keep you posted yeah it should be spicy it should be a good one um franco anything i'm missing anything we're missing? Uh, just as long as we're talking about women the u.s women's national soccer team has uh two matches next week uh so worth watching them they'll be on espn so if you're not at the stadium uh, with Lee watching the matches, y'all should watch uh, as we we start, start to gear up for the Tokyo Olympics later this year. Yes, I, I'm very I'm I I'm of two minds where I know that maybe putting this on right now isn't the best thing to do, but I I can't go with them canceling the Olympics. I can't do it. It will absolutely break me. The Summer Olympics are my favorite thing. Um, like I think my favorite sporting thing. Uh, and I just really wanted to go off. So I, I don't know if they need to do like bubble soccer or whatever, like they used to do at Miami FC halftime or whatever, but uh, you know, they were, they were, they were ahead of the curve, but I just, I need to hear the music and I need to see the rings and, and all of that. So yeah, that would be, I, I really do hope those, those games go off safely first, but I hope they go off. Um, so yeah, I, can I, one of the things that, that cracked me up was, I got a super cheap flight to Tokyo for like January or February next year. I'd, I'd, I'd never even thought about going to Japan, but I found it that cheap where I, where I did it. And mm-hmm. I keep reading these headlines about these incredibly high numbers of like the surge in coronavirus cases and stuff like that. And so the, the thing that I've been looking at is like the graphs and the, the most recent graph that I saw showed that something like 200 people had been uh, 239 people, I think is what it was. Had a uh, had been found on a, that's like the da- the seven day daily average yeah and I'm just looking at this staring at this I was like 239 people is too much for Japan like does anybody want to tell like the United States Brazil yeah. most of the EU what their numbers are yeah we, we get that Miami Dade before lunch so um, but yeah so it's oh, you know they they have been dealing with the surge and hopefully they're able to level it off and and everything will be good there. Um, but yeah, so go get vaccinated, people. Yeah, get get your shot, wear your mask if you haven't. Do all the things that you need to do to be safe. We're we're nearing the end, uh, hopefully, of all this, and I'm looking forward to going to a game. I don't care if it's Inter Miami losing by ten. I don't care if it's Miami FC losing to Tampa. Although I don't want them to lose to Tampa, but you know, at this point, to just be able to go back in a stadium and get that experience again, um, I'm I'm jealous of you and Abel Franco that were able to see that eve again even though it was even though it was so bad you left early you got to do it and then <laughs> you're like you know what i've had enough a year and a half of not having this and now i remember how it's kind of annoying uh, i do want to say uh, if anybody wants my my two uh, season tickets for uh, for the orlando match here uh happy to happy to to figure out something there because i unfortunately won't be in town so someone else is gonna have to ah. there you go you're also someone else's game. So, Franco, if they're interested in purchasing your Orlando City Inner Miami tickets, where can they reach you? Just, just go to @fkalees on Twitter. There we go. Thank you very much, Lee. If uh, folks are looking for uh, FC Surge versus Miami United information, um, uh, where they can find that on the Instagram, right? Yeah, just if you ever need to get in touch with me, just I'm always hanging out on the Magic City Soccer Instagram, which is the handle Magic City Sock because we have still been unable to secure the CER at the end. But Magic City Sock, the numbers are going up on there now. So um, we, I'm trying to get back a little bit more content back on there. But yeah, don't be shy. Say hi. If you've got something going on soccer related, just whip me a message and I'll uh, get it up there on the stories for you. Lee is the king of Instagram. He's been doing wonderful work with the interviews. There have been so many good interviews the last few weeks on there. Um, if you like hearing players speaking 
uh, a little bit more comfortably, a little bit more unfiltered than you might see them at a post-game press conference or something like that. Um, Lee does an excellent job. Um, and again, you can reach him at uh, Magic City Soccer. Oh, thank you. Instagram. Of course. No, it's 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 awesome. Um, we're at, at Magic City Soccer on Twitter and Magic City Soccer on Facebook. Um, go ahead and follow us there in magiccity.soccer. Good game previews. Uh, Joel Delgado, whose Twitter handle I will get right sometime between now and the end of the season. Uh, I always seem to butcher it when I share the stories on Twitter. My bad, Joel, please forgive me. Uh, you can find me at Matthew S. Bunch. And that's about it, gentlemen. So as always, uh, Lee, thank you very much for your time here tonight, buddy. Not a problem at all. It's good to be back. Nice to talk to you both. Good to be back in the saddle with you. Uh, Franco, thank you very much, sir. Thanks for thanks for having me, even though I had to put up a Welshman. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I've got a sinking feeling about these Euros. Like we got beat three 0 by France yesterday. Got a red card, and um, yeah, I think the Euros have come one year too late for us. Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, who, what's your first match, Lee? Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. All right. Yeah, get, I know, you get a win out of that, and you don't know, do you? But you never know. Yeah. International football, love it. You, you got to face off against the the human cube that is Erdin Shakiri. So. Um, could be tough times. Could be tough times. So, uh, so much international soccer this summer. That should be a delight, and we'll, we'll be uh, uh, including some of our thoughts as that. Gets- Wait, I have a, I have a one final thing. If someone can reach out to us with a football player that looks less likely to be a football player than Shakiri, uh, please send in your submissions on that front because that man just does not look like a soccer player. He's tiny. He's boxy. <laughs> it's just very confusing. Well, all, all you're going to get is a bunch of like uh, player cards from the 1970s when everyone has like a pot belly and they're balding. Um, th- that's one of my favorite Twitter accounts. It's like football players in the 1970s where it's just like, yeah, I, I look like I'm in better shape. Than them. <laughs> so that might, that might be the first point where I put you, but yeah, he's, he's definitely current like, players, current yeah. players. <laughs> he is one of one. He is one of one. So, Still, uh, still it, Franco, you, you, prob- you probably take the human cube up front as opposed to the human blancmange that you have at the moment. Uh, no, there's not enough DP slots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so we will bid you all adieu for now. Uh, and so until next time, uh, go Miami FC, go enter Miami's capology specialist, and go Miami soccer. <laughs>